Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I want to welcome in Tracy Wolfson, CBS Sports sideline reporter, joining us here on the show. Tracy, I got to say it. I just had a fl- flashback over here. So it was <laughs> the, the 2015 Final Four, and uh, Duke had just beaten Wisconsin and you were on the floor, and it was sometime after the game. I was on the floor, too, and I look over, and I'm like, it's Tracy Wolfson. And then I thought, maybe she's still working right now. You know, I don't want to throw off her game. And then I thought, and what if she blows me off? And I'm like, she wouldn't blow me off. It's Tracy Wolfson, right? But I had that thought go through my head, so I didn't say anything. So I'm you glad choked. to speak to you today. Yeah, I, I thought no you might choked. still be working, you know? I didn't want to throw you off if you were working, Tracy. I would never have blown you off. Never. <laughs> Brian, Brian I, yeah. Tracy's one of the kindest people See? you'll ever meet. Right. <laughs> yeah. And tough. Tough. Tracy. Thank you. Tracy, Tracy gets in huddles. You know, she's got the greatest <laughs> job. She gets, to, she gets to troll the sidelines in the NFL. Uh-huh. She gets to, she gets almost into huddles. I mean, she's that respected. Uh, I, I just I love her job. She's she's a Michigan gal, University of Michigan. By the way, Tracy, Brian sits here and talks about before we get to college hoops. Brian sits here and talks about not the Ohio State. Brian, what's with the you constantly the you always have to say the what that, that's you, what they're known as. Well, you it's never call thing. it Indiana University. You never call it the University of Michigan. Stop with the Ohio State crap. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Do not call it that. I don't, the, even, I don't even utter the word. I hear you. So Tracy got to hold the U of M flag this fall the at, U at of a Michigan M? game. Or is is yeah. it just the? the. Well, the, I was referring to the flag as I, the U of M flag. Got it. Yep. And and the over-under of Tracy being able to touch the, the, the flag as they hold it up in the Michigan players. You know the Michigan players come up and run underneath it. Uh-huh. The over-under Tracy being able to jump up and touch that flag, I think <laughs> – <laughs> um, was virtually nil. Tracy, did, no chance. Okay, you didn't no. try. Okay, no chance. You no chance. Try. But that was a very cool experience. I, I can say. imagine. I was jealous. I was jealous. Yeah. Tracy, what are some great storylines for this Final Four? Wow. I mean, this is incredible, right? We've had just an unbelievable tournament, and then certainly the way we capped it off Saturday night with that Lamont Butler mm. uh, buzzer beater. I, I love his story, and it's going to be something I talk about in the beginning of the game is, you know, I think last year he maybe shot 10 jumpers inside the three. 10. Wow. All season long. And I wow. think he made only one. So, <laughs> wow. In that position, and he spent all summer working on it. And he didn't go home, and he spent time just over and over and finding that consistency. And here he is, right? The hero of the tournament, the hero of the Final Four, and has San Diego State, uh, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, playing for their first national championship. So I love that story. Um, You know, certainly on UConn, Dan Hurley, basketball family, Mm -hmm. his story. uh, He almost quit, you know, when he was playing for Seton Hall and he gets fired from Rutgers. There was a lot of down, down, you know, years for him and, uh, you know, never knowing, you know, if he'd be able to climb out of it, telling us, you know, he thought he would just wind, not that this is, you know, a negative thing, but thought he would wind up as a high school coach like his dad. Mm -hmm. And um, here he is, which is 
pretty, pretty incredible. And I know that if they win this, uh, he's going to be emotional. I mean, we spent a lot of time with him, whether it was on Zoom this week or mm-hmm. then yesterday in person. And he can't help but cry every time we talk to wow. him. So <laughs> if they incredible. win this one, expect, expect the floodgates to just open. Tracy, I like I said, I think one of the coolest parts of your job is you get to observe these huddles almost up. You're almost in the huddle. And you can see the emotion. You can see the the um, just the, the stress that these players and coaches are under. How are you able to, you know, I, we talk about the Butler shot. How are you able to compose yourself knowing what goes on in these huddles and the stress that both teams are under in these moments? You know, and then you've got to go give an interview. <laughs> By the way, the Zach Eady interview is an all-time great. <laughs> Uh, but how are you able to um, compose yourself? I, I watched, you could see Chris Reynolds, the head of the uh, NCAA tournament committee, when the shot goes in, Chris Reynolds, an IU guy, doesn't blink, just doesn't even move. No emotion. I can't imagine you being that type of person where you can't help but get caught up in the motion because you're almost you're almost like a fifth coach. You're, you're so involved. You get a chance to observe these these moments. How do you compose yourself? Well, there was so much in that. I want to first touch on the Zach Eady interview because <laughs> uh, I like I could have asked for anyone on Purdue at, at that point to do the interview, but I was like, I am getting Zach Eady because it's just too funny. I mean, how do I not, right? So um, I just thought it was great optics. I had to do it. Um, but, you know, you can go back to the Chris Jenkins shot, was, mm-hmm. which, oh, by the way, was in that building and basically in the same spot, um, mm-hmm. but just from th- a little deeper out, obviously. Um, and I was able to have emotion because I wasn't getting ready for a post-game interview at the championship game. I usually just do the, the team that doesn't win. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we don't call them losing interviews anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> What a professional. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So <laughs> the team that's trailing. Yes. The lose. Yeah. So, anyway, I was sitting watching that Chris Jenkins shot like a fan and able to do that. And there's that picture of Jay Wright, just stoic as can be after it goes in, mm-hmm. walking by me with my mouth completely agape, <laughs> wide open, like your typical fan. Um, but, you know, certainly Saturday night and, and actually tonight, I mean, you're in the moment. You're really trying to position yourself to make sure you're going to get the interview quick enough. And especially in football, you really have to do that. And then, you know, but at the same time watching as a fan, but also trying to think in your mind, okay, what were you asking, you know, and composing yourself. I actually, for the Lamont Butler shot, was ready to get onto the stage Mm. and couldn't actually, I didn't have a great view of the basket. I had a guy standing right in front of me, so I'm kind of like turned and in reality, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hear the crowd mm-hmm. if it goes in. And it was really amazing. I saw the shot go off, but the guy stood right in front of me, and I just let the cl- the crowd just erupt it. I didn't need to see it go in. I knew exactly what had happened, <laughs> which is really cool to experience. Yes, yes. You know what? My, my producer asked me yesterday, he said, what's it like in the building when you witness that? Like, mm. how electric – do you get chills? What's it feeling? Because I forget he's in a truck outside producing it. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. ever get to experience it yeah. inside. He sees it like the fans do at home. So it is um, a balance. You definitely have to compose yourself. And the huddles are all different. To be to be honest, I love that part of my job. Mm-hmm. I'm 
my job to me, it's the best when you can bring relevant information at the time that it's necessary mm-hmm. and you can get the sights, the sounds, you're the eyes and the ears on the court and getting what maybe Jim and Grant and Raf can't get right. from where they are sitting. And so I relish that opportunity when we can get a good huddle report and it works and it fits and it pays off. And for example, we had the one um, with Jim Laranega in Miami and he huddled them all up instead of sitting down and he had a real, you know, and they were down by a bunch at that point, second half. And he, he calls a timeout, usually doesn't do that, and he does, and he always has something to say. He, cut, he huddled them up instead of sitting them down, and he spent about a minute with them. And I couldn't exactly see what it was because they were huddled so tight, but that could have been a real pivotal moment in the game, and they did go on a run right there. Mm-hmm. And you have, to, you have to clarify that. You have to bring that to light because maybe that is the pivotal point, and then you go back and you talk about it post-game of what happened in that right. huddle. At right. that time out. Yep. Um, and they did go on a run. Certainly it wasn't enough um, against a very difficult UConn team. But but I love that that part of my job. She's Tracy Wolfson from CBS Sports. You know, sometimes we're prisoners of the moment, Tracy, where that Lamont Butler shot was just sensational and the crowd erupts. But when you've been in so many of these atmospheres, and you mentioned Chris Jenkins, that was to win a national championship. Right. So where yeah. would you compare, where would you rank the Lamont Butler San Diego State ending compared to the other rabid atmospheres that you've been involved in. I mean, it was insane. I think, but you know what I what I compare it to is Jalen Suggs because mm, that yep. was in yeah. the same situation. And if you don't go on to win the national championship, you forget about that. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't go down in history like the Chris Jenkins one because that was for all the marbles. And so Brian Dutcher even said it. Yesterday, I think at his press conference, he said, we now have to make the most of that moment, right? And to make sure that that moment goes down in history. So to me, I can compare that to a Jalen Sugg shot, which was also incredible. We witnessed and um, but Chris Jenkins was for everything. So I think that's kind of where you you rank those. You know, what's interesting, too, is (laughs) I just thought and I've never thought about this in my life before, but. Every time you or a sideline reporter asks a question, there are a lot of times where the athlete's like, what was that? Can you, can you say it again? Like, I've never seen a sideline reporter say the same thing. But there have got to be times so where the crowd's going nuts. You don't hear everything that the athlete is saying, and you just go to question number two. Is that weird for you? Because I would imagine it's got to be very awkward. You don't love that situation, certainly. I mean, your job as a reporter is to follow up on what they're saying, is to listen yeah. and hear what their answers are and then follow up. And if you're not listening, you can really miss something that's crucial, critical. Uh, we had a halftime interview, you know, years back, or it was maybe it was post-game interview years back where Roy Williams was telling us that one of his players might have just broken his hand. I mean, we had no idea. So if you don't know that, if you don't hear that, if you're in your mind just thinking of the next question, you're not listening, you look really dumb out there. So it's a difficult situation. I get as close to them as possible. Sometimes you miss stuff and you can't help it. Um, But your job really is to listen as much as possible and feed off of what they're saying. Now, Tracy, what what are you looking for tonight? What are what are some storylines uh, aside? Obviously, Danny Hurley, you know Brian Dutcher being a being a Michigan Wolverine back in the day. I was there for the uh, I was at the timeout game. Uh, oh, 
I think my brother uh, can uh, might might still be accused of helping Chris Weber call that timeout. But uh, just storylines for tonight because everybody has UConn winning and by and large UConn killing, uh, destroying uh, San Diego State. I I don't necessarily agree, but what are some things that uh, you know you expect to see tonight or want to see tonight in this game? Yeah, and by the way, I love that you brought up Ryan Dutcher because what he and what Steve Fisher have been able to to do, you know, 27 seasons he was an assistant under him Michigan and, and San Diego State. So it's, yep. it's incredible and would be just uh, fantastic if they can bring certainly a championship to San Diego State. But, um, I mean, I think key-wise, you know, certainly – it's gonna. It's a tall task for San Diego because UConn just looks so San Diego State because UConn just looks so balanced, you know. And as Danny Hurley told me after the game, yeah, uh, Saturday was, you know, he's a defensive guy, you know. So it's not like they don't play defense. Now they might not have ever seen a defense this year like San Diego State's defense, but there were some things I'm sure that they're watching. And Danny Hurley told us yesterday he watched six or seven games already, and that was uh, probably around noon on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, he did a deep dive into this team with this quick turnaround. And so I'm sure he saw some things that FAU did that he can maybe take advantage of. Um, but certainly they are the most balanced team. My my question is how they handle Sonogo. And I think San Diego State with Mensa, he has not really seen a guy like Sonogo um you know, as physical or as strong. And and San Diego State's a physical team, but I think yeah. that matchup inside underneath is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have Snogo, you bring in Klingman, and he's a, just a difficult matchup as well. So I think that's going to tell us a lot. I think physicality that the San Diego State brings, uh, Danny Hurley knows that, you know, officiating is going to be a critical part on, in this game. If they call it yeah. tight, well, it favors them. If they don't, it favors San Diego State. And I'm sure Danny Hurley has been, you know, in, in the officials' ears as much as he can over these last few days and going into this game. But that's going to play a part as well, controlling right. the pace. I mean, San Diego State wants to, you know, muck it up, and mm-hmm. UConn wants to run. So I Trace. think it's it's interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. And just wanted to say thank you for the time, Tracy. And I feel more secure if I am courtside <laughs> or something. I can go, Tracy, what's up? You'd be like, hey, what's going on? I feel you much better, better now after that. Hey, you know what, Tracy, I got, I quick, quick I, I told, I told, I promised her 10 minutes and she didn't put any demands on me. But Tracy, I got to ask you this question, okay? <laughs> uh-huh. we're, we're talking Van Halen, okay? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I want to hear this. This is from last week and it really upset me, but... Um, so Van Halen, are you a fan, a bigger fan of Van Halen, David Lee Roth, or Van Halen, Sammy Hagar? Which one do you pick? <laughs> I'm a Bon Jovi fan. Uh, I'm a t- Jersey, so if you, you had know, to, I, like, pick. I I had to go somewhere. Yeah, I'm really more of a Bon Jovi. I mean, I like Van Halen. You you, you gotta you know right, I but rock out to them in my car, no doubt. David the, David Lee Roth, Van Halen, or Sammy Hagar, Van Halen. <laughs> between the two of you yes it's a, it's a rock fight yeah. yes I'm absolutely not gonna, i'm not settling it for you you guys are gonna oh. have to <laughs> what's the go-to bon jovi song for you 
Oh, living on a prayer. I mean, living on a prayer. You yeah, you yeah. belt it out, you know, yeah. as loud as you want. And no I thought maybe like bad medicine, you know, I didn't know. I wasn't sure if it was, you know, the go-to. I thought maybe bad medicine or uh, mm, what's another yeah. popular uh, Bon Jovi song over there? You know, um, uh, gosh. Never Say it? Goodbye. That's a good a, love that's song. A good ballad. That's a good ballad. I do also, I am partial to Guns N' Roses. Sweet Child of Mine is my yeah. karaoke song. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Very nice. Well, for what it's worth, Tracy, <laughs> I expected you to be a Sammy Hagar Van Halen fan. No, she's smart. She's smart, Dane. I can't like, believe she's a fence rider on it. I'm going to get her offline <laughs> and, and we're going we're gonna to get something. <laughs> right. Well, hey, we'll Thanks be watching tonight. Yeah, we'll be watching tonight, Tracy. Have a good one, and we'll catch you down Thank the road. Thank you, Tracy. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Good Bye-bye. stuff. Very nice. Tracy Wolfson, CBS sideline reporter. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I want to welcome in Frank Martin, head coach at UMass, made a Final Four run with South Carolina in 2017, and a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. You know, I like that part of the intro the most here, Frank. You still uh, hashtag fins up over there? Oh, my God, man. I've just, you know, last year we, we kind of made the playoffs, and I thought I was 12 years old again. That was like 45 <laughs> years ago. I mean... <laughs> Oh, talk about kicking a man where it hurts right there with that one. Yeah, well, I've been a Dolphins fan since birth, so I love that about you, Coach. You know, we can uh, circle back, talk aqua and orange toward the end of the interview if you'd like. You know, we can talk Tua, all that type of stuff if you want to get into it. I'm all in, man. I I love my Dolphins, man. And and Chris Greer, their general manager, who I've known for a while, is a UMass grad, so um, it's – I I grew up across the street from the Orange Bowl. So oh, it's, uh, they're, they're, they're a part of my life. So it's, uh, it's part of, part of my deal. Hey, coach Mark, Dane Fife, how are you? Dane, D- Dane, you, you want to trade for about two months? I'm ready. Deal with the I'm portal? ready. I'm, I'm ready. I want to go portaling. <laughs> I want to do some portaling. I'm not out of it yet. I'm not, I'm filling in today, uh, coach. When I saw you're on, I had to do it. Coach, uh, I'm a Lions fan, so you can look at the bright side you know, with, with the Dolphins' uh, success last year. Did you watch Hard Knocks, though? Did you watch the Lions' Hard Knocks? I did. I'm not a Hard Knocks fan because uh, it's Hollywood, man. So yeah. you know what goes on. Some of that stuff is kind of scripted and all that stuff. But I love Dan Campbell. Remember, he was yeah, with the Dolphins. You bet he was. I love Dan Campbell. Well, see, I was thinking we could do Hard Knocks Coach Frank Martin style. And That's I think funny. that would give parents – Parents in America, a great idea of what it takes to raise young people, to to make young people perform at their best. What do you think? We think hard hard knocks. Do we got a chance, Coach Frank Martin style? I I I, I think more people would like it that would run away from it. The problem is that that's not popular on social media. <laughs> so um, you know, it's uh, uh, I. I this is what I know. There's different ways of doing it, mm-hmm. but there's one shortcut that cannot be taken from anyone growing and succeeding, and that is lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. If you're around somewhere where you're not held accountable, I don't care how people do that. As long as there's somebody's holding you accountable, 
uh, then there's a chance for growth. And if there's no growth, you're not going to succeed. So it's uh, um, uh, that's it. So we do that. We do that hard knocks. Uh, first of all, we'd have to make sure it airs at 11 o'clock at night. We got to make sure the young people are sleeping. And, uh, um, you know, not, well, in today's day and age, heck, I, I've been sitting on the couch watching a show on regular television with my children and the stuff mm-hmm. that goes on. Oh, on unbelievable, TV isn't it? Blows, yeah. blows, blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, it. I, you know. Coach, I, I heard you on Dockage the other day, and it was incredible. And I sent it to Izzo right away. I sent it to him right away. And uh, I don't know if he, he listened to it, but I just it, – it, it just – our young people need so much help right now just in terms of the stuff they deal with that we parents have no control. And when you look at the college coaching business, we're like the last line of defense. And if we don't care, a lot of these guys just get thrown into this world nowadays. Feel bad for them. Feel bad for them. Coach, are, are you down in Houston? I was. I got back okay. home last night. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was there through late. I left there about four o'clock yesterday, and uh, uh, I got a team. I got a, or at least. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know if it's a team anymore. It's a <laughs> group of individuals. Uh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've got to come manage, man. Yeah. Hey, this is the truth. Yeah. You can't yeah. be away from these guys. No. Yeah. Because if you're away from them, man, they they, they got so many voices oh. in their heads, man. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the the portaling I say the portaling portaling can turn into the port of John very quickly. It's <laughs> a good very I, quickly. You know, here, here's here's what's sad, and all of us understand this one because we've all been there before. But we did. No one allowed us to embrace this. In today's society, we're allowing young people to embrace this. We allow eighteen year olds to overvalue who they are in society, mm-hmm. and that's not trying to cut them down. That's being humble enough to understand that we all think we're better than we are. Yeah, and right. when, you're, when, when, when you're 18, you're never happy with where your feet are at. You're always right. hoping to do be like the guys that play for me wish they played a Duke. Yep. Yeah. The guys that play a Duke think they should be with the Lakers. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, 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 and, and there's and, nobody that but, can check them. And if you check them, they leave. Them. That there you go, and that's that's the challenge when we we sit around and allow these young people to make decisions based on who they think they are and the value that they think they have, and they forget there's a whole lot more people out there than there is opportunity. <laughs> so, coach, how do you go about it? Frank Martin with us here, head coach at UMass, joining us on the fan. How do you go about essentially recruiting the guys that you already have? And being a voice of reality, but also not telling them everything that they don't want to hear. No, you see, I'm I'm the other way around. I tell them everything. Yeah, and because if, <laughs> if they don't they don't want the truth, I'm not the guy for them. Right. There you go. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't I don't try to omit the truth from the players on my team, and and I'm constantly in conversations with them on how I'm trying to help them grow, and and if there's ever doubt in that moment, then they have to go. Uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm all in to help people. You see the world, and, and let's, let's be, let's, let's cut through all the BS. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything on social media and everything, and most things on the media right now uh, that, that talks about sports has some kind of a gambling component tied mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So anytime you're including gambling, people get overreact to good and bad because we didn't cover the spread or we didn't win the game. My, I have no interest in gambling or that component. My interest is in people's growth. And I cannot overreact to good and bad days as long as people are committed to my ability to help them grow. But if they ever have doubt in that, yeah. it doesn't work. So they got to go. Just like if I ever have doubt in somebody, I'm not the right person for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I say they got to go, it doesn't mean I kick them out. I've got to I got to find patience because there's so much voice opposite to that in today's society. I got to find patience to allow an 18 year old to become a 23 year old. But but I I got to tell them the truth. I I I'm not going to trick guys into. I don't have a magic wand. I can't trick people to improve. Improving is hard, man. There's Mm -hmm. a commitment that goes on to get better. I don't care whether it's lifting weights, playing basketball, or as a human being. Uh, Improvement is hard, and and, but the only way to get better is to do the truth. No, that's well said. Coach, if we spin it toward the championship game tonight, San Diego State, UConn, what do you think about the matchup? Uh, I think there's going to be about three bloody noses. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. There's 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 going to be a lot of people with black and blues after the game because it's going to be an absolute knock them down uh, at the rim game. It's an old fashioned funny that in today's day and age of all this free flowing spread ball screen, let's all shoot threes and layups. You got two teams that play through physicality at the rim. <laughs> they don't they don't play through all that nonsense. Um, and. Uh, uh, you know, analytics go out the window when you watch these two teams play. Uh, the post-up game is still existence, and it's the final two teams on the board. Um, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I, I was courtside uh, for these games. I, I oh, thought man. Florida Atlantic. I thought UConn. Uh, I thought uh, Florida Atlantic, UConn, and San Diego State, all three were elite defensive teams. Um, uh, their length, uh, San Diego State, I say this all the time, everyone talks about length at the rim. How about length on the perimeter? You can't pass the damn ball. And and UConn and San Diego State both have big, long guards um, and uh, make makes life really hard on the perimeter and, and unbelievably good competitively, defensively. Uh, who, I, I don't mean the hedge here. I think whoever makes the most jump shots is going to win the game because I don't know if there's going to be enough play at the rim. So like Hawkins and then the left-handed guy for San Diego State, his name escapes me right now, um, the perimeter shooter. Uh, whichever one of those two guys uh, gets it going from a jump shooting standpoint, I think that's a team that wins the game. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, Coach, where it reminds me of football, where you're talking about, hey, you got to just shoot a bunch of threes in basketball, and then you see some old-school, quote-unquote, basketball elements of 
defense, you know, the low post type play. Reminds me of football where we hear about, hey, you got to throw the ball 60 times, and then there'll be a team in the NFL playoffs that just runs the ball right down your throat. And it's like, oh, wow, you have San Francisco. They can run the ball, and that's still effective. So it works the same way in basketball, I think, as well. It's the same, it's, it, but it's like that every year. It's whoever controls the line of scrimmage and runs the ball between the tackles. That's who wins the Super Bowl every year. It's not the team that throws it 97 times all over the place. That's right. Um, I try to tell these guys think, that, Coach. Think about Tom Brady. Tom Brady gets up and leaves New England. Of all the people that he could have like gone to, he went to the, the, the crusty old, you know what, just like the one he came from. And what, he, what did he look for? They had the best offensive line, and he went, they went and got two really good running backs to run between the tackles. And that's what wins, man. That's what protects the quarterback. That's what protects the offensive line. It, it's, it's not the other stuff. And, you know, the other stuff is fluff, man. The other stuff looks good, and it's good for fantasy sports. Let, let, like, let me ask you something, because we were talking about gambling and fantasy sports and all that earlier. Why aren't offensive linemen part – of fantasy sports, <laughs> but, but but if you don't have the best offensive line, you're not winning. Yeah, and you know, and so that's why Tom Brady went to Tampa. They had the best offensive line with a coach that ran the ball between the tackles, and that's what they did. Yeah. Coach, you're in. Uh, you're you're on the line with some cats that were in Hoosier and Boiler Country, and the great Gene Cady just got elected to the Hall oh. of Fame. You've had you've had some experience work, experience working for some Hall of Famers and Coach Huggins and to, to name one, you've probably worked for or close to a few more. But um, can you can you uh, tell us uh, anything, uh, any experiences you've had with Gene Cady or just your overall thoughts? Because I think he's a heck of a coach. Always respected him. Liked more wins. He's got he's holds a winning. He's the only Big Ten coach to hold a winning record over the great Bob Knight. Uh, can well, you share your thoughts on Gene Cady? Absolutely. I, I, uh, you know, as a young high school coach, I, you know, I idolized Bob Knight. Uh, uh, it's, it's one of my greatest things is, is especially once I became a head coach and, and he, uh, um, was doing television. He'd do all those big Monday games back then when I was at mm-hmm. K-State. Um, he'd come in my locker room, man, and he'd speak to me like I was playing for him. And I thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing in the whole world. Like you he, loved it. He, he, oh, he'd, he'd come in and tell me how much, how bad my offense is and the fact that I we entered offense on the right side of the floor every time. And, I mean, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. And, and I developed a friendship with him. And then mm-hmm. that night, his son and I have actually become good friends over the years. Yep. Uh, and that's one of the great things I've got because of basketball that I, 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 the guy I grew up watching on TV saying, I love how his teams play. And I want to, you know, I want my teams to play like that, that he ended up actually knowing who I was. Right. And, um, you know, it, it was incredible. And, uh, uh and then Gene Cady, Gene Cady's a Kansas state grad. So right. uh, those old, cause you know, Knight and Cady weren't like bosom buddies back in the day now. Right. Nope. Uh, and their, and their teams didn't play like they liked each other either. And, and it was like incredible basketball. And, you know, Coach Katie always has uh, – he was just sitting next to me at the semifinal games. He still has that scowl in his mm-hmm. face. And he mm-hmm. just got put in the Hall of Fame. Yep. And, uh, but, but here's a great story about him. Because in reality, you know, Coach is a sweetheart. 
as, yeah. a, as a human being, sure is. like yep. soft spoken and, and, and unbelievably generous. And all he cared about was people, but I'm, it's in the nineties and I, he's coaching, I think it was a Pan American USA, USA basketball team going to Pan Am games. They were practicing at the university of Miami. And I go over, they allowed me to go in to go see practices. When it came time to coach ball, there was no ifs, ands, or buts on how it was going to get done. It was going to be done the way Coach Katie told you to do. Mm-hmm. And here were all these great players that, that were great players at every university that were all coming together for playing for USA Basketball, and he was coaching it as if it was his baby. And that's the kind of pride he brought onto the court every day. And as the head coach, your job is to bring pride into the court. Direction and then never, no tolerance for shortcuts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's for three days or three years. No tolerance for shortcuts. And that day at those all-star practices I was at, it was obvious that what you saw from Gene Cady in that moment, there's a reason his teams played the way they did when he coached at Purdue. And uh, uh, it's, it's awesome that, that someone like him, you know, hardcore, old-fashioned, no nonsense. This is how we're doing things, kind of guy. And uh, I don't care what anyone tells me. Whether you're a clapper, whether you got a scowl on your face like like he did, whether you're a yeller or you're you're a mild mannered person. At the end of the day, you better get people to do things a certain way. That's right. And he definitely did that. And when he, you know, and when guys like him get into a Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's an awesome deal for me. That's really cool, man. Well said. And, Frank, we'll let you run, man. Really appreciate your time today. And, hey, we'll reconnect when the Dolphins clinch the AFC East this year. How about that? What do you say? <laughs> you guys want to keep talking about that. This is a lot better than this portal. I keep jumping. <laughs> <laughs> no portal talk. Yeah. I keep trying to come out in 1972 so I can see the Dolphins winning again. <laughs> That's right. It'd be nice if it worked like that, Coach. But, hey, man, enjoy the championship game tonight, and we'll catch you down the road, Frank. Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you, too. There he is, Frank Martin, head coach at UMass. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Pat Forty joining us here on The Fan. Pat, what's going on, man? You fired up? We're going to get some drama tonight. I- I'll put it this way. Is tonight's game going to be a little bit more like the San Diego State crazy ending, or is it going to be a little bit more like the UConn not-so-crazy crazy ending from uh, two they, nights ago? Yeah, I, I have low expectations for drama tonight. I think UConn's much better and playing at a really high level, and they're going to roll, and this is going to be, I think, a lot like uh, a couple other UConn championship games. Wow. 2004 when they squashed Georgia Tech, and 2011 when they squashed Butler. What makes you say that? Well, is it just the overall ability of UConn, offense, defense, can drive, they have no weaknesses, uh, or is it more of a San Diego State thing? Why do you think that way? I just I, I don't see anything wrong with UConn right now. I mean, they're doing everything well. They're shooting, they can go inside, they've got handlers and passers, and their defense is great, and they have depth, and, you know, they're – they are a lot to handle inside. And San Diego State's a great defensive team, but I don't know whether they have the weapons for Sonogo and uh, 
clan, the, uh, the you know, the 7-2 revelation. So, I, and I just don't think San Diego State can match baskets with them. You know, they, they struggle to score badly, and they're not going to grab a dozen offensive rebounds in five minutes like they did against um, uh, Florida Atlantic. That's a great point, Pat. Uh, that that was a key. We we talked to Tracy Wolfson earlier, and I thought a, a, just the turning point in the game, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, was Brian Dutcher. I can just see calling, all right, calling a hut in the huddle saying, all right, we're just going to put in our grind line. Let's get every muscular cat we have and let's just go <laughs> jump over, you know, jump, jump through them, jump through them, yeah. push, shove. Absolutely. And, the, and the, the officials never adjusted. I thought that that did Florida Atlantic in as much as anything. Yes, absolutely. No, they just they went slash and burn basically for the yeah. basketball. And, you know, that's that's often their their best option. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the officials certainly let them play. And uh, Florida Atlantic just could not get a rebound. It was painful. At times, I mean, balls just there for the taking, and they couldn't get to them. You know, they were being cross-body blocked or just beaten to it. Whatever the case, yeah. it was uh, it was a turning yeah. point. Shifting gears, Pat. Gene Cady, Hall of Famer. Where does Gene Cady stand on your Indiana coaches list? No, oh, he's a great one for sure, and a great personality. You know, um, deserving Hall of Famer. Um, you know, and just he he certainly made the he elevated the. Indiana Purdue rivalry, yes, to a great degree, you know, by by taking on Bob Knight and, and taking a personality at night that was so, somewhat similar, you know, right? Super feisty, super aggressive. We're not backing down, and the Purdue fans love that. I know, and you know, he had a he had a great run. I'm I'm happy to see him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, pretty neat. Speaking of of uh, Gene Cady, I, I thought it was interesting, uh, and you may be you may. Not sure if you paid any attention to this, but one of the guys, one of the coaches, one of the programs that Danny Hurley uh, did a little research on uh, as he went to the two big system was looking at Purdue's system of said he looked at Painter's Travion Williams and Zach Eady playing together, the two big system. Um, do do you really think it's that profound, pronounced, profound, that big of a deal? Um, that you play two bigs or don't play two bigs in college basketball? UConn seems to be doing okay with it. Yeah, I mean, they're doing fine with it. And, no, I mean, it's, I don't think it's some sort of, you know, like, master stroke of genius or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, you know, we went, we went a lot of decades with everybody playing two or three bigs. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think it's, you know, again, like remaking the sport. But, you know, there's so much – four out one in or even five out now and just you know spread and, and drive and pass that that it is a little bit different but they've got the guys to do it and i think you know danny hurley has shown what kind of coach coach he is he's really really good he's going to be around for a long time and he's going to maximize his personnel he's pat 40 the sports illustrated joining us here on the fan you know you bring up dan hurley what do you make of his story where you know the little brother to bobby hurley almost stopped playing basketball uh ousted at rutgers and now here he is on the doorstep of a title with a team that seemingly has no weaknesses what do you make of his entire journey it's been interesting i mean you know the whole family to me is just uh fascinating uh, one of the great families in basketball history. I, I liken them in my column to the Harbaugh's a little bit in football. Um, you know, there was, I think, some pretty serious sibling rivalry when Bobby and Danny <laughs> were younger. And, 
you know, they worked through that. Now they're great friends. And, and yeah, Bobby was the star player, won two national championships. Danny was a good player, but, but not on that level. And now Danny's exceeded Bobby as a coach. And, you know, I think Bob Hurley Sr. could have been a national championship college coach if he wanted to be, but he, he never wanted to move his family out of Jersey City. So, uh, you know, I think that Danny's kind of carrying the torch for the whole family here, and it's been great to see. And great to see Bob Hurley here and Bobby, you know, and, and kind of the whole family really uh, re- relishing this run. Pat, what's the what's the environment like down in Houston? Didn't have a chance to go. Just curious, based on the programs that are there. Yeah, that's a good question. It's you. This does not certainly doesn't feel like an Indy Final Four uh-huh. or a New Orleans Final Four right. or even an Atlanta Final Four. Really, I mean, Houston's not a great Final Four city. Uh, it's it's huge and spread out, and you know they they're okay with basketball here, but they don't like live it. Mm-hmm. And so then right. you've got a small fan base in Florida Atlantic, a relatively small fan base in San Diego State, although they brought a lot of fans to the uh, to the stadium. Um, and then Miami has almost no fans. So UConn has a ton. But, you know, the two the two fan bases that are the two teams that are still playing, they'll bring some good energy to yeah. the uh, to the stadium tonight. They're just they're very different fan bases. People from San Diego and people from Stores, Connecticut don't have a lot in common. What do you make of the talk about, oh, there aren't any big-name schools, no blue bloods, the ratings aren't going to be good? When you hear stuff like that, what goes through your mind, Pat? Um, I'm like, let's just play the games and see how they go. You know, I, I, look, I cover this, and so I, you know, this is my living. So I'm, I'm super excited for any Final Four, and I've been a big fan of Florida Atlantic since December. When they beat Florida, they got my attention. I paid mm-hmm. attention to them quite a bit this year. I was really, you know, excited for that game against um, San Diego State, and then it turned out to just be awesome. I mean, a great game, and it wasn't just a complete slog. It was 32 minutes of really high-level basketball and then an eight-minute bar brawl at the end. Um, but, you know, I I don't care whether Duke or North Carolina are here. I mean, it was great last year to have them and have those storylines, but, you know, for people that really like college basketball, it almost doesn't matter who's playing. Let's just hope for good games. Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated joining us here. How about this where it can apply to the men's tournament as well, but last night on the women's side, Caitlin Clark was in foul trouble. She had three fouls at halftime. She picked up a technical, and that counted as a personal foul, so she had four. Um, what do you think about you know, how it's unique to basketball where you foul out, you're disqualified from the game, hurts the entertainment value? Are you open to the idea of either a sixth foul in college or something more radical where you can keep your player in the game if they pick up their fifth foul, but if they pick up the sixth one, it's two free throws and possession for the other team? What do you think about the whole foul situation in college, uh, college hoops there, Pat? I mean, I'd be open to, like, trying some of those rules in, like, an experimental fashion, you know, and maybe some of the exempt tournaments uh, early, you know, in the season, like, uh, you know, at Maui and, and wherever. Uh, just see how it goes. Uh, I, You know, obviously, yes, we want to see the best players on the floor. And, you know, you're at the whims sometimes of officials who, who do mystifying things. Uh, I... I, I, I would be okay with six or I'm okay with five and yeah, make it a, a yeah, like a higher penalty if you keep playing and, and keep getting called for fouls. I, either way, I, I, I think it'd be interesting to at least check that out and see what it looks like and how it plays. Yeah. And then also tonight uh, with the matchup, you know, you were there, you're watching the game, Florida Atlantic had a nice lead. 
And this was the biggest second half comeback in in the Final Four. I mean, how? At what point did you think? You know what? Not only is San Diego State making some noise, they can win this thing. Um, not till late. <laughs> I mean, I thought Florida Atlantic had that thing. Although I did, I, I, I tweeted up probably like twelve minutes left that you know FAU or I'm sorry, San Diego State had been down nine against Alabama, came back, but down seven against Creighton, and came back. 14 seemed like too tall a hill, but they did it. And it was just truly just like one throw the ball at the rim, go get it, and try to get it in possession at a time. Uh, and it worked for them. And, you know, if Vlad Golden, the seven-foot center for um, FAU, if he makes a couple free throws or, you know, gets a couple more rebounds, things probably look different. But that's, that's credit to San Diego State for, for finding a way to do it. How about the final sequence also for Florida Atlantic? Anything that you would nitpick in terms of the shot they got when they took that shot? Anything you would look at there? Yeah, I, I didn't like when they took the shot. I thought they went too soon. And there were people courtside who said that Dusty told uh, John L. Davis, go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he told him too soon. I mean, yeah. I think there was ten and a half seconds left when the ball was was out of on its way out of his hand. I mean, that, that, sh- that, that gave – Lamont Butler, four seconds he shouldn't have had, really. So that's the only nitpick there. Yep. I don't mind the shot, and I don't mind John L. Davis, who's really been your best one-on-one player all season, having the ball there. But yeah. the execution was not quite what you wanted. Pat, when it's all said and done, what's the story of the 2023 men's NCAA basketball tournament? Um, it's the same story from the season. Who's really actually good? I don't think we ever really got a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally have here at the end that it's UConn. And, uh, you know, they heck, they were unbelievable in November Early, and December. Yeah, yeah and then they, they hit the skids. Uh, but the, the way they've come back from that, I, you know, and you look at everybody else, everybody had flaws. Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, first of all, not a great tournament history under Nate Oates. Houston, not enough skill, probably. Um, You know, and you go on down the line. Obviously, Purdue has its own tournament history to deal with. So, you know, I think the season and the tournament have played out similarly. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff, man. Well, hey, Pat, hope you enjoy the game tonight. Hope we get some drama, man. Here's the drama, right? Yeah, we'll see. I'm not (laughs) not optimistic, but I hope I'm wrong. What's your (laughs) pregame meal, Pat? Uh, pretty good. Me a little, uh, little chopped brisket and some oh. uh, fries at a downtown uh, Houston barbecue spot. Yeah, I was hoping Man. you weren't going to say that from the press room. That's good. I'm proud of you, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, Pat. We'll catch up with you down the road, bud. All right, guys. Thank hey, you. Pat. Thank you. There he is, Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated.